Is the Krakoan age coming to an end? Ooh, we got feels that we need to talk about. Rise of the Powers of Ten, issue number three. The solicitation just came out, and Amelia, there is there is Moira not looking happy at all. <laughs> she had it coming. She had it coming. You know, one of the things about the Krakoan age that has been a huge disappointment has been how they've handled Moira. And I got to tell you, I think I can speak for general fandom, not everyone, but general fandom that Moira being revealed as a mutant this entire time was well received for such a big retcon like that, right? Because Moira was always supposed to be a mutant ally who was a human geneticist and somehow got the legacy virus, despite it being a mutant only disease, and then was killed in the late 90s by mistake. I'm away. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that she came back and that she has this complicated history with destiny and mystique, ooh, it was so good. But I don't know what happened post-Inferno, but they turned her into like a mustache-twirling evildoer that is irredeemable. So when you see a cover like this, I'm like, yes, kill her. And it's an R.B. Silva cover who also did you know, the Hawks Fox release. I, I'm telling you, Moira right here, she had it coming. I don't know why this ad just popped up. <laughs> like really, really had to pop up the second I zoomed in on it. Um, but she certainly had it coming. And I guess the big question is, who's going to pull the trigger? <laughs> who's pulling the trigger if they pulling the trigger? Solicitations, we should take them with a grain of salt. Always take it with a grain of salt, especially covers. What's, what's on the cover isn't necessarily true for what happens in the comic. But I got to tell you, if Krakoa is going to survive after Rise and Fall, it's going to be a surprise to me because they're doing everything in their power to stay in marketing copy and solicitation copy in everything they're putting out there that the Krakoan age is coming to an end. And is it going to end like this? where someone goes back in time into the most important moment in X-Men history, right? That's how the meeting of Moira and Xavier in House of X, Powers of Ten was marketed as that this was the most important meeting between the two and that it had major ramifications in X-Men history. Is, is this where they're gonna come back and they're gonna shoot Moira and thereby stopping Krakoa from ever being formed? I got to tell you, if that's what happens, it's really going to upset a lot of people. Because as I've said this before, and if anyone from Marvel listens, I will just say that erasing Krakoa from existence is just not the way to do it. Don't do it. I think there have been a lot of shortcomings with the Krakoan age, but outwardly erasing it is just not the way to go because Krakoa has been very well received from let's say X-Men fans on the social media platform, right? I know when we're thinking about the X-Men and we're thinking about their heyday, we go back to the 90s X-Men when they're at the mansion where it seemed that like everyone was reading the X-Books, right? It's so funny. I'm talking to one of my contemporaries at a gig here and it was mentioning that we were at LA Comic-Con, right? Doing a panel with one of the words and the voice of Rogue from X-Men, the animated series. And he was just so, flabbergasted and this is someone who doesn't read the comics but knew of the x-men anime series knew the general idea of the x-men 
So, you know, with Percoa, one of the things I have noticed with this relaunch is that we're not really getting those younger readers. At least when I go to comic book stores, I'm not seeing a, a mini day spring there. You know, when I was, I started going to comic book stores when I was about nine or 10. And, you know, I, I have not seen that at a comic book store. I haven't seen a younger audience at a comic book store for a very long time. So, you know, one of the questions I've had with the Krakoan age is, does Krakoa just sit well with adult readers or some of us readers who have been with the X-Men for decades? We appreciate this evolution. Does it have the mass appeal that the mansion had? That's something, you know, again, I know that's really hard for us to like separate mentally because we are so invested in the Krakoan age, but from a business perspective, is the Krakoan age a slam dunk outside of the X-Men social media bubble? I don't know. I, I, I would have to, I would have to see a lot more data from comic book sellers, uh, from Marvel to, to, to see how, how they feel about it. And, and if it in fact is, but I will tell you where I'm going with this, where I'm going with this is that I think the Cohen age has the potential to appeal to a lot of mass audiences out there. If it was just handled correctly, the world building was really bad with with Krakoa. And, you know, even and with Moira as well, you know, we, we had someone from the X office on the podcast. And we asked the question about Moira and, you know, her 10 lives. And how does the age of apocalypse sort of fit into that narrative, right? Very innocent question. We just really wanted to ask. We were really curious. And we kind of got a defensive response. I don't think it ever made it into the episode. But I remember thinking, there's a problem when the audience is giving more thought to the plot than the actual creators. Because a standard response would be like, oh, that is such a great question. Just wait and see. And I believe the response was, and I'm paraphrasing the response, which is, I don't think me or my contemporaries have even thought about that. And it's like, I, I, I think I'm not trying to get you in a aha moment or like, you know, I got you. You really are. No, it, it, if you've ever been on the podcast, if you listen to the podcast, we are all about just understanding the behind the scenes and how we sort of get to a certain point with stories and characters and Hickman himself had even said that there was going to be a Moira series coming out. So you would think stuff like how she died originally with um, Age of Apocalypse, that you would start factoring all of this stuff. She also came back during Chaos War, and she was possessed by destiny. Okay? I mean, it's there. The, 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 the stories are there. It's just you need to connect the dots. That's it. So, you know, I'm not too sad for the Krakoan age to come to an end, to be honest with you. I think it is great as an IP. I think it has potential to be mainstream, but in terms of the world building and the storytelling, I don't think it's really, really great. And we have other people on the podcast who think it's great and that this is a golden age of storytelling. And I love that. And, and that's okay to agree to disagree, but there is no doubt in my mind that Krakoa as a concept, Hox Box, when initially it landed, was perfect. It revitalized the X-Men IP and I would love to see it continue, but I need to be, I need to see it done right. Anyways, so let's get into this cover 
and let's get into some conversations about Moira and let's read the solicitation copy because ooh, I'm so excited. Okay, so this is for Rise of the Powers of Fed, issue number three. I believe officially it's Rise of the Powers of X. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm going to say Powers of 10 still. I think it is a nice callback to the original Hoxpox. So I don't want to change it to Powers of X all of a sudden. I like Powers of 10. Okay, just like Ten of Swords. I love saying Ten of Swords, not X of Swords. Okay. You see, that's, I'm sorry. Why not be consistent? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the idea of the X representing 10, that should be uniform across all the stories you're telling during this era. Just be on the same page. That's all. Okay. Anyways, let's read the, the marketing copy for this. And we'll also, you know what? We'll go back and read the marketing copy for uh, the, the other two issues, just so we can start piecing together what story they could possibly could be telling. Okay. So for issue number three, the marketing copy, solicitation copy says, discover that the real end is never beginning. The past, present, and future of Krakoa all rests in a trigger figure. Ooh, I wonder who's pulling that trigger. The scenario you prayed would never happen plays out as a two series that are one move towards a crash that will reverberate outside the universe. So who is gonna pull the trigger here? I mean, you know who I would love to? There are three people I would love to see pull this trigger on Moira. Again, if this is what actually happened in it. Um, I would love it to be Mystique because, you know, Destiny, I would love for it to be Mystique because Moira had that no precogs being resurrected, but you know she's kind of being vindictive because Destiny burned her in a previous life rule. So I think Mystique has has that going for her destiny as well, because in that previous life that I just mentioned, she saw that Moira was trying to cure the mutants and that she does not care for any of her good acts going forward and also kept her from being resurrected. So again, those two, Mystique and Destiny, they have the motives there. Three are God Queen Jean Grey for stabbing her and murdering her at the Hellfire Gala. I would love it if it was Jean pulling the trigger. Why would it be Jean? You know, she could just use her Phoenix powers or, you know, her telekinesis or anything to kill her. So I don't think it's going to be Jean. So I, I think Mystique or Destiny is kind of likely here. And, you know, maybe it's Forge who creates a gun that's a special gun to kill Moira, right? We'll see how it all unfolds. But I'm sad that we've gone to this point where I'm happy that someone's going to shoot Moira because I think when Moira was revealed to be a mutant and we've seen that journey she had in her 10 lives, she was motivated by the fact that mutants always lose. There's always a dystopian timeline. There's always a bad future awaiting them. And Moira wanted to solve that problem. And that's why she wanted to create Krakoa you can understand why her motives would be dubious or she would be morally great. I love that. I think that is chef's kiss, perfect storytelling, but something happened after Inferno. It's like the writers just turned her into a really awful mustache twirling villain who is like kidnapping Mary Jane, who's skinning Banshee, who's responsible for the murder at the Hellfire Club at the Hellfire Gala, and she's holding, you know, that Otherworld dagger being like, yes, yes, murder them all. It's just very jarring in terms of the progression of the character and, and has made the character very irredeemable. And we're living in an age where sinister 
and Apocalypse are redeemable characters where we're seeing some human aspects of those characters, even Mystique. I, I personally didn't like how it was executed in X-Men Blue Origins, but we're seeing Mystique being fully humanized. Moira has just been a flat-out two-dimensional villain, and I think she was worthy of something more. The other thing with Moira, as I already mentioned, they have not connected the dots with her history. And I know we have data pages that talk about like the Shi'ar Golem that was responsible for Moira's death, but I'm sorry, I myself don't even understand what that means. And where was Moira in the interim? of those years. And also, how does Age of Apocalypse factor into it? I want an answer to that. <laughs> I'd love an answer to that. And by the way, it's as easy as just being like she, like everyone else, you know, found herself in a different reality. Um, the Chaos War as well. And there's so much there with, with Mystique and Irene and Moira that I'm telling you, as an ex-reader, I never put it together that Moira had such strong connections to Destiny and Mystique, other than Mystique had detonated a bomb and killed her, you know? And that during Days of Future Past, when the original Days of Future Past, Destiny senses something that's blocking her. And we all assume it's just Kate from the future, but that could have very well have been Moira as well. So we're talking about this is a decades long history with three characters share. I love it. And again, the fact that you have a character like Moira who is being petty on one hand, but using tact and strategy to be like, hey, you know the agreement, we can't have precogs on Krakoa because they'll know we always lose, so no resurrecting destiny. It's such a layered motive there, and it makes the character so interesting that you want to see how things, you know, sort of span out. I will say with the gift of retrospection, I think destiny was resurrected too early. The way I would have done it and it's easy, by the way, for me Leah, to play Monday morning quarterback because we don't have to deal with a lot of the factors that the ex-office and the writers have to deal with. So I want to preface that this is just uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. And I know someone in the comments said something shady. They're like, this, this YouTube channel is just basically what you would do differently. And it's like, well, yeah, I, it's, it's easy for me to have that gift of retrospection. But also, I used to work in publishing. I have an MFA. I, there is a basic structure on how to tell good stories, right? And I don't feel, um, I don't feel that has been followed through in the Krakoan age. Ah! And it, it's more consistency. But I would have created a sense of urgency. I would have rise and fall, just be like mystique, being like, F this, I'm going to go resurrect Irene. And Irene is resurrected. And the big final battle is Xavier, Magneto, and Moira versus Destiny and Mystique with all of Krakoa hanging in the balance. I think the, the aspect of character drama has been lost in favor of very overly complicated plots in the Krakoan age. That is just my opinion on the matter. I'm But, you know, this is all to say that I'm happy that Moira is going to get what's coming to her. Kill her. Kill her good. Do not bring her back. Let her stay dead. Oh, I'm sorry, Moira. I'm so sorry. But, okay. So that was the solicitation copy for issue three. Let's look at issue two here, which says, The last hope outside of reality, outside the time and space is mutant dumbs, a last hope floating between dimensions, hiding from a dominion who wishes to crush them. Can Xavier and his crew survive? And when we find out their plan, will we want them to? 
The end of the Krakoan age continues in this epic tale split in two. So I do think it's, you know, we kind of start at Hawksbox with these characters, right? Like Moira, Magneto, Xavier, Gene, Scott, Mystique, Destiny. I am kind of sad that, again, we're seeing a whole new team of characters sort of taking this on. And again, what's on the cover, what's in marketing copy isn't necessarily emblematic what's going to go down in the story. But, you know, Shadowcat with a K, Kamala, Wolverine and Nightcrawler, of course, they've had stakes in the Krakoan story. But I do feel that, you know, a character like Kamala is being shoehorned in there because of the MCU. And again, I come to really like Kamala as a mutant because of Iman Vellani's portrayal of the character in the Marvel. So fine, you can have her there as well. But I do think the focus should be on like the other characters that have really done a lot of the heavy weight, you know, in terms of the plot for Krakoa, like Doug Ramsey, again, like Mystique and Destiny. I would love them to be on the covers. Rasputin is fine too, because she was in Powers of Ten. So having a character like Rasputin makes perfect sense. But um, what is their plan? I think their plan is to go back in time and stop Krakoa from ever happening. And I think that's why they said the end of the Krakoan age continues in this epic tale split in two. And when we find out what the plan is, will we want them to do it? And the answer is no. Again, I am, I am a big fan of the Krakoan age as an IP. Again, I just want to stress that. I really wish we were in a scenario where Krakoa will endure, but they're making it pretty clear that the Krakoan age is coming to an end. Again, if they pull a fast one on us, I'm like, okay, it's Marvel marketing copy. What else is new? But as a reader who's earnestly looking at all this, I'm going to say, yep, it's coming to an end. Okay, I think we've read this before, but we'll read it one more time. The fight for Krakoa has been lost. Ten years ago, the mutants returned from their exile to try and reclaim the Earth from the forces of Orcus. They failed. Now within the victorious Orcus, with their gauntlet choking the world, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel put their plan within a plan into action. They are to summon their binary god to consume everything in their ascension. All that stands between them is the X-Men. What can they do? They're the X-Men. They'll find a way. That's their power. So begins the story beyond space and time with the rise of powers beyond our petty human intelligence. We've talked about this in a previous episode. You know how I feel about the marketing copy. I think it's so patronizing. But yeah, so it's pretty clear that the X-Men are going to assemble to stop Orcus. It looks like they're going to link what's going on with Orcus with what we saw in Powers of Ten, where humans are the ones who are part of the evolutionary ladder and mutants are more of a splinter because of humans bond with the phalanx. You know, obviously they're going to be summoning a celestial binary god here uh, for their assumption, for their ascension. Let's see how all of this plays into a larger narrative. I wouldn't hold my breath on it, though, because there has been a lot of seeds planted that just go nowhere. But, yeah, Amelia, you tell me, how do you guys feel about Moira? Do you want to see Moira die? Do you want to see the Krakoan age erased? Do you want to see this team go back in time and pull the trigger? And are we going to get a new time? Like, what are your theories? You tell us, Familia, in the comments below. And ah, going to be an exciting January, though. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. There is a lot of good hype right now for Rise and Fall. Everyone wants to see how things are going to go down. I hope these stories are really well done. That is my only hope 
for for the series that it's just as good as Hawks Fox. I don't think they have the hype that Hickman's Hawks Fox had. That was genuine hype. I mean, that was like everyone like waiting for that issue to drop. I think here it's hype within the readers as it was for the Hellfire Gala. But let's see. Let's see. Amelia, drop your feels below and we'll discuss as a community.